Welcome to St. James Scottish Episcopal Church in Leith. This podcast features edited highlights from our online Zoom service held on Sunday, March the 21st, 2021. To join us online or for more information, please go to stjamesleith.org.uk. Thank you so much, Suzanne, for a fantastic um, playlist this morning, especially the Vivaldi at the end. That was really, really lifted our hearts, I think. Good morning, everybody, and very warm welcome to our service this morning. I can't believe that we're only two weeks from Easter, but here we are and still, do you know, it's actually a whole, exactly a year since schools closed uh, in Scotland uh, last March. So, and who would have thought we would still be here, but praise God we are, praise God that we have this community and we can join together on a Sunday morning, even though it is through the airwaves or however it works, technology, and that we can be here together to worship God, to learn, to find hope, to find peace and to find joy and to find growth on this Sunday morning. So let's have a, a few moments silence before we start our service. Friend and stranger, welcome in the name of Jesus. We, we gather, gather together, together, putting, putting our, our trust in, in the grace and, and mercy of God. Amen. Amen. God, your light has flooded the world, but we have turned away preferring darkness. God, you have lifted up your son that we might be forgiven but we have turned away, preferring self above all else. God, you have offered us eternal life, but we have turned away, preferring earthly pleasure. Forgive us. We do not turn away anymore. We lift our faces to see your light. We lift our eyes to see your sun. We lift our hearts. To live in you forever. Amen. Amen. And now we have the Kyrie, and uh, Suzanne, you might need to sing it. Kyrie Eleison Kyrie 
The Gospel is John chapter 12 from verse 20. Now, among those who went up to worship at the festival were some Greeks. They came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and said to him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip went and told Andrew. Then Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. Jesus answered them, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly, I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains just a single grain. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Those who love their life lose it. And those who hate their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, there will my servant be also. Whoever serves me, the Father will honour. Now my soul is troubled, and what should I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, it is for this reason that I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. The crowd standing there heard it and said that it was thunder. Others said, an angel has spoken to him. Jesus answered, this voice has come for your sake, not for mine. Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be driven out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to indicate the, the kind of death he was to die. Give thanks to the Lord for his glorious gospel. Good morning, everyone. Can, uh, can you hear me? Got a thumbs up? Great. Well, some of you know I had a dramatic conversion experience and joined a, a charismatic church in York where there was a lot of teaching about dying to self and grains of wheat falling into the ground to die. I was 26. I'm nearly 70 now. And you might ask, so how's that old self-mortification project going then? Before I get into that, let's just pray together. Lord God, may the meditations of all our hearts and the words of my mouth be acceptable to you, the Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Um, let me just say that these are complex passages we've just heard, and there are many, many things we could explore. Psalm 51, arising from King David's sinful treatment of Bathsheba and her husband Uriah, bring some of the finest poetry ever written about repentance, beautifully expressed longing to be right with God, to know God and be known by God and delight in loving praise and willing obedience. And the prophet Jeremiah tells of a new understanding and agreement between God and God's people that puts God's law in a completely different orientation, one of forgiveness and being inspired by love. And John 12, John 12, Whew. 
Well, John excels himself here in a, in a masterful development of the theme of how the glory of God will be seen in the apparent failure and death of the Messiah. And I want to focus on the image of the grain of wheat, the grain of wheat that must die to truly fulfill its purpose and to fulfill its purpose and potential because that is simple and yet so profound. Jesus explains here and in the other Gospels that those who would save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for him will find it. And of course, St. Paul repeats this theme many times, a dying to self or a dying of the self is necessary to live in Christ. Now, in the grain of wheat, there is, of course, a, a general truth. A kind of dying must precede a new kind of living. It may be sacrifice or a difficult letting go of things or people or places. Or it may be the uncomfortable reorientation of preferred beliefs. And some are easy. We put up with masks and social distancing for the greater good. Some are harder, foregoing that longed-for car or holiday or new clothes for the sake of someone else's poverty. Or, say, a, a career choice that pays much less but helps many more people. However, Christian discipleship does seem to ask for more. You must be born again. You are a new creation. Your life is hid with Christ. You are changed from within. Put off the old life. Put on a new life and die to yourself. Well, the self here identified is sometimes called the false self or a lower self or for Calvinists, the fleshly self. Richard Rohr, very much not a Calvinist, explains in, in his book, Falling Upward, how this false self is an inevitable and necessary part of what he calls building a container for the ego in the first half of life. And the task for the second half of life to move towards wisdom and holiness involves dismantling or dethroning this self in order to allow the true self, our self as created by God, to flourish. And this process usually involves, he notes, failure and humiliation. Because in fact, dying to self is it's never truly achieved as an act of, of willpower, is it? I mean, bad behavior from this false self can be pushed down, but that self is far too strong and, and wily to be repressed for long, like an, an unwinnable whack-a-mole game, or uh, if you prefer Greek mythology, cutting off the head of the Hydra monster only to find two grow back in its place. At, at best, with this effort, we, come, we become more acceptable to polite society, um, but with the uh, severe risk of the sin of pride. At worst, we're subject to frightening and unpredictable flare-ups of, of violence or bouts of depression from unresolved conflicts in our depths. As Paul lamented in his letter to the Romans, 
I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being I delight in God's law, but I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. What a wretched man I am! Who will rescue me? For John, as for Paul, the answer is in Jesus, who not only shows us, but by God's Spirit quickens and enlivens us with the power of love. So I love the message translation of what we've just heard in John. It goes, listen carefully. Unless a grain of wheat is buried in the ground, dead to the world, it is never any more than a grain of wheat. But if it is buried, it sprouts and reproduces itself many times over. In the same way, anyone who holds on to life just as it is destroys that life. But if you let it go, reckless in your love, you'll have it forever, real and eternal reckless in your love. Practicing love that is unbounded, unstinting, outward-facing. What kind of love? Agape or caritas love, charity that selflessly wants and wills and works the best for another. Ubuntu, that pan-African ideal of Ubuntu, that recognizes that the welfare of each member of society is fundamentally dependent on the welfare of all. It's love that puts the community before self, recognizing that I am what I am because, we, because of who we all are. Even filial love and group love, love of your tribe or nation, and erotic love, they all take us outside and beyond the preoccupations of our own existence. And I'd escape from the labyrinthine pathways of the self that's seeking its own desires. The uh, U.S. Archbishop Michael Curry, who of course delivered the powerful sermon at Harry and Meghan's wedding, uh, and you can't now ask whose wedding, Michael Curry has written in a recent book on love, there is a Jewish proverb, before every person marches an angel proclaiming, behold, the image of God. Unselfish, sacrificial living isn't about ignoring or denying or destroying yourself. It's about discovering your true self, the self that looks like God and living life from that grounding. That was Michael Curry. Well, John's Jesus shows us truly what love looks like. It will mean service, although of course not all service is purified by love. It will mean the troubling of the soul, verse 27, and the desire, the desire to pray, save me from this hour. But what courage and steadfastness there is in hearing God's voice, like an angel or like a thunderclap. And it will mean death. There are different kinds of dying. But how that word, death, loses its terror 
when love draws us. Reckless love will, will take us places we cannot predict and it will be an adventure. Reckless love will lead us into situations for which we cannot prepare but where we will find God already at work ahead of us. Reckless love will loosen the hold that the world's idea of success has on us as position and possessions and status symbols mysteriously lose their importance. And even if it means we suffer or die, our practice of reckless love will have opened our hearts to the inestimably sweet succor and comfort of God's love. God's reckless, grace-fueled, merciful love. In Jesus' name, amen. We're thinking in our prayers today about following Jesus in the path of love. So when I say, Jesus says, follow me, could you respond, where you lead, we will follow. Jesus says, follow me. Where you lead, we will follow. Jesus, whose life shows us what love looks like, write your law of love in our hearts so that we choose with every breath to cherish each other and the world we live in. Jesus says, follow me. Where you lead, we will follow. God looked down on our fractured and bleeding world as the rich pull up the drawbridge and the poor are left at the gates. We remember the terrible events in Yemen, in Ethiopia, Nigeria, so many other places. Often we feel helpless and preoccupied with our own concerns. Show us what we can do, however minor it seems, to make the world beyond our borders a better place. Jesus says, Follow me. Where you lead, we will follow. And we pray for our own country in the grip of so much pain and uncertainty. For children whose education has been disrupted, for young people whose futures are derailed, for those who've lost their jobs, for those who are mourning loss, and for those who have cared for the sick and are now burnt out. You have told us that you are with us until the end of the age. Be with us now in the dilemmas we face and the pain we are processing. Jesus said, follow me where you lead we will follow. We pray for the future of our country, that the abuse and the inequalities which have come to light during the pandemic 
will not be thrust back under the carpet, that the homeless will not be thrust back on the streets. May we feel the urgency of your kingdom long after the pandemic is past. Jesus says, follow me. Where you lead, we will follow. We pray for our church, thanking you for the hard work of so many over the last year and looking forward to the arrival of our new rector. But above all, give us joy. It is at the heart of your promises to us and we need it now more than ever. May the joy of Easter shine for us in a new way. Jesus says, follow me. Where you lead, we will follow. And we remember those we love, those we have lost recently and their families, those who are struggling with illness, depression or uncertainty and those whose lives are consumed by the pain of others or by their own pain. We pray particularly this morning for Verna and Louise's baby granddaughter, Ellie, in hospital with serious heart problems. Give the do doctors planning her treatment wisdom and be with her parents, Natasha and Matthias. And in a few minutes silence, let's remember all we love who are in particular need of support at this time. Heal the sick, comfort the bereaved, and with the embrace of love, remind us all of our infinite value as your beloved children. Close our prayers with a short meditation on God's love which is actually a modern response to one of the Psalms. Till troubles cease and only joys remain, take refuge in the shelter of his love, who hears your call and feels with you your pain, who does not keep his distance high above, but brings his light into your little room, nestles and settles with you, like the dove in its familiar dovecote. From the womb of Mary to her house in Nazareth, the upper chamber to the empty tomb, he comes to share with you your every breath and to commune with you. To every heart that opens to him, he will bring new birth. For every ending, offer a new start. Lie down in peace and trust and take your rest, safe in the love of one who'll never part. Amen. Thank you so much, Geoffrey, uh, and thank you so much, Wilma. So much to think about and thank you also so much to pray about. Thank you so much, Wilma, for voicing the prayers of our hearts this morning. And now we come to share the peace with one another and let us share the peace as, as sharing love. We, we, we use the word peace, but this morning let's, let us share our love together 
<clears throat> this gift of love that has been given to us that uh, is so precious and that is the way that we can, oh, the only way that we can exist in this world. of your table we cannot forget the rawness of the earth we cannot take bread and forget those who are hungry your world is one world and we are stewards of its nourishment lord put our prosperity at the service of the poor we cannot drink and forget those who are thirsty the ground and the rootless, the earth and its weary people cry out for justice. Lord, put our fullness at the service of the empty. We cannot hear your words of peace and forget our world in crisis and all those who are struggling, afraid and grieving. Show us quickly, Lord, how to reach out in love and compassion to our neighbour, near and far. Jesus Christ, gathered in your name, we bind ourselves to you and to each other in the tasting of food and drink, <clears throat> symbols of nourishment and sharing. And as we break bread, as you did with your friends, help us to recognize you in all people, places and situations. Come again, like 
together we say the thanksgiving. Give thanks to our gracious God. On our heads and on our houses. A blessing, a blessing of God. In our coming and going. The peace of God. In our life and believing. The love, the love of, God. of God. At our end and new beginning. Again, thank you so much, everybody, for contributing to the service today, as well as if you've just come and just watched, you're still contributing. So thank you so much. Um, special thanks especially to Marion from, I think you live in the Wirral, is that right, Marion? And also to Winifred and Paul, who live in Dumfries, um, coming have been with us from the beginning of lockdown joining our services and it's just great that you can also be reading for us so thank you both of us both of you and and anybody else who comes regularly who is not part of our um, uh, not part of our literal community is that right yeah geographical community in Edinburgh and Lee so thank you both so much thank you the three of you so much for for uh, sharing with us today Siso hambanaye, oh oh oh, siso hambanaye. Siso hambanaye, oh oh oh, siso hambanaye.